0: and we moved right next to her best friend in the same house where they're doing the same business and we have kids the same age so they play outside every day and it's just like just totally increased the quality of our life and we're building such an awesome relationship with her and her husband Mike and and our other neighbors there it's just it's like a little Christian commune (laughs) it's just like oh this is cool now we have to do this for the rest of our lives because we realize how easy it is. You just dump your kids outside and just go inside and sleep. (laughs) I'm seriously sleep deprived, which is, you know, it's interesting when you're sleep deprived, you know, your emotional threshold is like, you know, here. (laughs) So you cry over the littlest things and it's, you know, my wife has to constantly hug me and, you know, make sure, tell me it's okay. (laughs) But as I thought about the topic today, um, I felt the Lord uh, speak to my heart and just say, you know what? Instead of coming up with a topic, just just take a step back and pay attention to what's going on around you. In your life and in other lives. And I did that and I noticed that a lot of the people I was talking to, my friends, my family, were really just weighed down, really bogged down by life. And not really understanding why, it just, you know... It is okay to be busy. I mean, being busy is normal. Being stressed out sometimes is normal. But this time it just felt a little different. It felt like, you know, when you pray for something, you don't see it happen, and you're just super discouraged over that one thing, and you just stop praying for it, or you stop asking for it. Or you're you're just feeling hopeless because, you know, I'm working so hard all the time, and I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. So, is this the way my life's going to be for, you know, all of time? And it's it's kind of discouraging, it's kind of hopeless, but, you know, um, I really felt like the Lord wanted you to know today that he's going to empower you with his strength. And it sounds nice, but, you know, it's not just about being empowered to get over the moment and then, okay, I'm still exhausted. I'm kind of crawling through this, this time in my life. But it's actually going to be an empowerment to where you're going to want to keep going. You're going to want to move forward. And it's, it's awesome that Kathy started praying and she felt like the Lord was saying, like, we're going to be moving forward this morning. And that's what my message is about today. It's about moving forward when you're exhausted Moving forward when you don't have the strength and when you're confused. I just, I just love how God really just confirmed it this morning through, through a whole bunch of people, so I'm grateful for that. And I titled my message kind of as a call to arms and a, and a call to um, just encourage you, tough saints in tough times, moving forward. So in the midst of hardship, how do we move forward when things look Impossible. We move forward by believing in the promises of God. Amen? Amen. I'm going to read a couple scriptures here, but if you could cue up Genesis 15, verses 1 through 6, the New Living Translation, that would be fantastic. Genesis 12, 1, 1 through 4. The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed. The Lord had, had departed as the Lord has instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was seventy-five years old when he left Haran. Another scripture: Genesis fourteen, seventeen through twenty. After Abram returned from his victory over Kedorlaomer and all the all of his allies, the king of Sodom, went out to meet him in the valley of Shaveh, that is, the king's valley. And Melchizedek, the king of Salem and the priest of God Most High, brought Abram some bread and wine. Melchizedek blessed Abram with his blessing. Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High who defeated your enemies for you. So let's jump to Genesis 15. I'm kind of painting a little picture here for you. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram. In a vision and said to him, do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, "O oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eleazar of Damascus, a servant of my household, will inherit all my wealth. You've given me no descendants of my own, so, no one, of my servant, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, no. Your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son from your own body. Then the Lord took him outside. Look up at the sky and count the stars, if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. It's just amazing promises that we see God give to Abraham. Now, Abraham, 75 years old, you don't know how, many time, you know how much time passed before him actually being called out from where he lived. But we see him step out. Probably some time passed. But I think in the Bible, remember what it said? He was like about 100 years old when he had Isaac. And his wife was up there too. That's physically impossible to have a kid at that age. But God promised that he would have a son. And so Abraham believed him. The reward in Abraham's heart, that reward that he was talking about, was a child. So, in a sense, God was asking, What could you possibly give me of all your blessings that's greater than having an heir, having my own son? Right? Your flesh and blood. So I really felt like God wanted me to actually pray against um, spiritual barrenness today. Lord, we just welcome you here. Let's close our eyes. Let's just welcome Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray for what we've been praying for all morning. We pray for a revival of the heart, revival of the spiritual womb, even revival of the womb. Lord God, that you would birth in us a new desire to see your kingdom come, a new desire to know you in a deeper way this morning. As the word is shared, Lord God, that a flame a new a new desire would be ignited in us to seek you first. We're getting back to our first love. Thank you, Jesus. I love the worship this morning, Mark. It was such a it was such an awesome, yeah. It was such a sweet anointing this morning, wasn't it, guys? Yeah. It, it was just so you get there and you just settle, you settle in, and you feel the peace of God. And that's what that I mean. That's what I love about worship is when you come in and you're just like busy, 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 busy. <laughs> and you just surrender it all to the Lord in that moment. And the fact that it was an acoustic set made me kind of realize, I'm like, okay, we're getting back to some grassroots here. You know, we're, we're cutting all the fluff away a little bit, and we're getting to just the core stuff. And I feel like God wants to do that today too to you. Just get back to your first love. Get back to your raw roots and, and just strip away all the stuff that's complicating. So well, that's principle one, was we move forward by believing in the promises of God. What was impossible in the natural, God revealed to Abraham that nothing is impossible for him. Let's read Romans four, eighteen through 24. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. Even though he was about a hundred years of age, he figured his body as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God was able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him who raised him from the dead. Amen? If you're going through something that seems impossible right now, I just want to encourage you. Believe in the promises of God. If it seems like there's no light at the end of that tunnel, if you're exhausted, keep going. There's a reward. There is a reward. It's Jesus. We move forward with the confidence in what Jesus did for us. All throughout the Gospels leading up to the cross, Jesus predicted his death to his disciples. So it's just, you know, I could just picture being one of his disciples and, you know, Jesus is going around performing all these wonderful miracles. He's just like, wasn't that amazing? This is just so awesome. I just fed 5,000 people. Oh, yeah, I'm going to die soon. You're like, buzzkill. (laughs) yeah and it's just like okay well all right jesus i'm not quite getting it and he constantly did that where he predicted just to prepare them this is what's going to happen the son of man must be must die and then be raised to life you know at the time probably three years before it even happened when it all started they were like oh okay i mean we're all gonna die someday so yeah i get it which brings us to the lord's supper he predicts his betrayal and he totally calls the people out, like Judas. Judas will dip his bread. When I dip it, he's going to betray me. Oh, yeah, Peter, yeah, you're going to deny me three times. It's just like, man, why, why, why is this all happening? Jesus tells his disciples that he was going to be betrayed, killed, and then return to the Father. All of their hopes and dreams, and who Jesus is, was, what he was going to become, they were expecting him to be this king that was going to take over and release them from Roman rule kind of the physical king and establish him. It's one of the main reasons why they were singing Hosanna um, when he came into Jerusalem on the donkey was Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They kind of had a picture of him being this king that was going to conquer. But that he was going to conquer, but in a different way. They were discouraged. Their confidence was gone. Now, have you ever been discouraged before? Have you ever lost confidence? Right? Yes, the time the disciples were going through was really dark. You might be going through some dark times right now. But Jesus did what he promised he would do. So listen, he rose. He conquered death. He conquered sin. He provided atonement for sin. He gave us the spirit to empower us to do his will on earth, to make disciples and destroy the works of the enemy. Their hope and their confidence was restored. Who needs their confidence restored? Who needs their courage restored? I know I do sometimes. Let's read Hebrews 10, verse 35-39. As our confidence is being restored in the Lord this morning, Therefore do not throw away your confidence, which, is, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what is promised. For yet a little while... And the coming one will come and not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith. If he shrinks back, my soul will will have no pleasure in him. But we are not those who shrink back. How many people that we have here that are confident, like bulldozers in the spirit? Come on, guys. Come on, bulldozers in the spirit. We're not ones who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and preserve their souls. John 14 said uh, in verse 12, Most assuredly I say to you, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works than these, he will do, because I go to the Father. Jesus had to go, because without him going, he couldn't send the Spirit, which is the comforter, which is the one that empowers us. He's here right now to empower you. Just welcome you, Holy Spirit. Just empower us, restore our confidence, Lord God. Revive our hearts in Jesus' name. Um, in light of uh, the recent series about teaching about the um, building great relationships, it's point three, we move forward with each other. When we move forward with each other, I mean, we weren't, we weren't designed, we weren't created to do this alone. Oftentimes we can feel alone, we can feel kind of fried, and what that tempts us to do is isolate. I know I do. I just need to go recharge. I'll get home. I'll sit on the couch. I'll just be like, Poof, I need my time. But when I come into the congregation of believers, when I come here on Sunday morning, even sometimes reluctantly, you may feel that too. Yeah, I don't feel like going to church today. I just you know, I'll sleep in. I'll sleep in. Yeah. You you come to church and you recharge because you're in the company of people. There's a stirring that goes on. There's an encouragement that goes on when you're around other people. Right? When you're around other people that are are fired up, let's let's say, you know, you're, you're around negative people. Eventually, you're going to be negative. And that negativity is going to affect you. If you're around positive people, what's going to happen? You're going to start to speak more positive. You're going to have positive thoughts When you're in the Spirit, when you're in the presence of God and with people who welcome the presence of God and who are excited about it, you're like, I don't oftentimes feel that, but it feels really good in my heart right now. And I don't understand it, but I'm like, this feels great to be here. And you're encouraged, right? You guys have felt that before, right? Totally. So now we have faith to believe in what God promised. We also press on with confidence given to us by Jesus and all that he accomplished for us on our behalf. We just move forward from there. We could just move forward from there, but that's not all God has for us. What else did Jesus intend after his resurrection? Let's pray um, John, uh, read John 17, verse 21 through 23. I am praying not only for those disciples, but also for all who have ever believed me through their message. He's talking to us today. I pray that they will all be one. Just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Jesus prayed that we would be one in complete unity. Again, this reinforces being intentional about keeping the unity. It's one of the things we we're talking about in, le- in the leadership meeting too, we're, we're, that's we, we're striving for, we're fighting for. It takes intentionality to remain unified, even when there's differences. You don't have to necessarily agree 100% with your brother or your sister, but we keep the unity of the spirit, the unity that, that Jesus prayed that we would have. Why? Because our love for each other and the unity that we have, the oneness that we have reveals to the world who Jesus is. If there's divisions, if there's a divided heart, divided loyalties, and everyone's just kind of doing their own thing, it doesn't make sense to the world to, to, to believe in what we believe. It's just like, well, Jesus did this, but I don't see you doing that. <laughs> We're supposed to reflect that, right? So we come, in, we come into church, we come into small groups. Small groups are such a great way to connect and build those relationships, but it takes intentionality. It really does take your effort to step out and build that relationship. Romans twelve four through 5. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. So you, let's just say this, you need to be here because <laughs> we need you. We need you. You may feel insignificant. You may feel like, uh, I don't feel like going. I don't think I bring anything to the table. That is not true at all. That is not true at all. God created you with a specific calling and a specific anointing. And he placed gifts in you that we need. And we can't, we can't be strong enough as a body without you. I've oftentimes felt that, like, you know, like you see somebody's gift that's desirable. And you're like, I don't think I could be that, but I want that. I want what he has. You know, I want what he has. And it's cool to desire those gifts. The scripture says even to desire a prophetic gift. But you have a gift. You have a gift. You have something that God has placed deep inside of you, and it's being you. You don't have to try to be like somebody else. You can be you. The more, let's say, what do we... The more you you are, the more you're being what God created you, you know? So let's break that fear off of trying to be yourself. Just be yourself. Come into the congregation because we need you. And that strengthens the body. It really does strengthen the body. Having those relationships has really helped me. I've, um, I've got a mentor. John, Pastor John's my mentor. And I can't tell you how many times I've just called him out of the blue and just talked and he's just given me advice and 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 strengthened me, prayed for me when I was just all over the place. You need somebody you need somebody to speak into your life truth and to speak into your life and help anchor you when you're feeling all over the place, right? The good thing to know is that you're not alone. We have the Holy Spirit, and we have each other. Let's read first Peter um, verses eight through nine in the New Living Translation. Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers. All over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. So that encourages me right there because it's like when you, can fe- when you feel alone in whatever you're going through in your life, when you feel stressed out or struggling with sin or something like that, you can feel like you're the only one going through it. But it's good to know that your, your brothers and sisters are going through the same thing. And that kind of makes it easier when you're, when you're in relationship with people. It makes it easier to open up. When I've, when I've opened up my heart about certain struggles and realized, oh, the guy I'm talking to is the same thing. It's just like, oh, there's, there's an ease there. There's like, okay, I'm not the only one struggling. With I'm, not, I'm not the outcast. And it makes, you, it makes me feel really um, encouraged to know that we can strengthen each other. So find a mentor. Find a strong friend. Lord, we welcome you here um, this morning. I really believe that there's, a, there's re- restoring going on right now. Even, even if I didn't say anything, I believe the scripture is being deposited into your heart. That's going to produce fruit. Restore our first love, Lord God. Restore our first love. So in closing... Um, This is going to be kind of a longer close because I want to invite invite the prayer teams down and the worship team back up in a few minutes. But um, I know it's kind of early, but we move forward with believing in the promises of God. We move forward in confidence in what Jesus did for us. And we move forward with each other. Amen. So if you're here in the house today. And you're going through financial hardship. Or having marital issues. Or just stressed out with just the overwhelmingness and busyness of life. I want to encourage you to come down here in the next few minutes to to receive prayer, to receive strength. Mark, if we, could, if we could have the worship team go um, back up there and uh, you could sing Abba just to create, um, you know, the environment. Worship team, come on down. And prayer teams, if you can come on down too, that would be fantastic. Yeah, as we were as we were praying and um, <clears throat> intercessory prayer this morning and and uh, the message that Paula Friedrichsen brought a few weeks ago. Isn't that awesome? just about returning to your first love. You know, with with moving forward, we move forward with that with that first love. It's just reinforcing this is all kind of connecting the dots right now. So come on down. Let's go ahead and start worship if you can. Thing, Abba Father, And if you're feeling like you need strength, if you're feeling like you're needing that extra push to move forward, come on down. We're going to go ahead and worship a little bit more and receive prayer. If you would stand with me, Father, we welcome you. Come on, go ahead and pray. Pray in the spirit. Pray out loud. Lord, we just welcome you. We thank you for the reviving strength that you are depositing in our hearts right now. We thank you that you've poured out your spirit upon all flesh, Lord God. That when we come down to pray, and when we're praying right now, that we're getting back to our first love. That we're, we're having a confidence in. An assurance built up that we are not alone. We have your Holy Spirit. We have the power of God in us to move forward in strength. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you in spirit and in truth today, Lord God. Bless your holy name, Lord. Go ahead and come on down if, if you need prayer. love to pray with you as well.